I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. All right, we are here in week 20. Boom, 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 Understanding boom. Jesus podcast has survived 20 episodes plus the sermon episodes. That's crazy. That's really crazy, you know, when you think about it. And I, I don't know, um, are you... Does anybody listen to the podcast? Do you ever pay attention? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I tend to think that you know everyone listens. To that the everybody podcast. listens to it. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I haven't looked at the analytics for a while. I know. I haven't either. I, d- I haven't either. I don't. Uh, I don't know whether that's whether we have a following or not. But we need, we haven't really advertised it that much. Yeah. I, I talk about need it to, to people. Maybe we need to spend some time. You know. On, it, on on the net major networks or yeah. whatever advertising our podcast <laughs> the networks the news crew tends to follow us I was looking at some different podcasts this week and uh, is his name I'm trying to think is Joe Rogan is that his name I don't know the Joe Rogan Experience or something not to advertise for his podcast Ooh. but uh, he was the guy that was on um, what was the thing where you did things that you hated doing or whatever Fear Factor uh, Fear Factor yeah he oh, was really? the host of Fear Factor anyway he like made that he uh, Spotify gate got exclusive rights to his podcast and is like making millions of dollars. What? And I thought, hey, that could be us. That could be us. That could be us. We I, could be I on haven't Spotify. got it. We are on Spotify. I haven't checked my email lately if I've got an offer from Spotify wanting exclusive rights. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'll let you negotiate that. Okay, yeah, just hit okay. me up with you know your famous people that you know. But anyway, here's here's what you had uh, this week in our reading, uh, which was an um, oh my goodness, what an amazing, what an amazing section of reading, and and it is just. Uh, this is one of the this is this is one of those groups of this is a section of scripture that Andy Stanley preaches on <laughs> routinely. Whoa. So I'm talking it about that. It's a highlight of the Bible right there for <laughs> sure. Uh, but this is where David uh, sends his mega sin Meg, yeah. and uh, the sin with Bathsheba that is extremely familiar with people oh, yeah. uh, and uh, and Nathan's thou art the man oh. uh, which is just a great moment uh, of just it, it's, it it hurts me to read that passage every single time I see it coming I hate what's going I mean I see it all unfolding and it's like no David no please stop, please stop. please stop and then and sorry it happens every time um, and uh, and so some and then Absalom uh, mm. then his son betrays him and and we had this horrible falling out his son betrays him and then uh, takes over the kingdom and David leaves in shame basically some some really high drama uh, as we go in through Second Samuel. And then, uh, obviously, the Psalms are always good, and Proverbs, we were just talking about that, how there's always nuggets of wisdom. And then we go through this, we are com- completing, actually, he's already started a, a group of signs in the Gospel of John showing that he is the Messiah, and we continue on with these, of like with the, the healing uh, events that happen, but also the feeding of 5,000, uh, walking on water, uh, and then this moment of Jesus' brothers uh, showing their descent, mm. that they do not believe in him, which is pretty amazing because uh, one of them actually then writes one of the books of the Bible. So here you have him absolutely 
absolutely not believing that his brother is uh, the Christ. Uh, and then he does believe that he is the Christ. And one might ask, what would change your brother's mind? Well, resurrecting from the dead. <laughs> that would do it. I, I would say that my sisters would believe that I was the Christ should I die and resurrect from the dead and predict that. Uh, but uh, that's what it took for his brothers to believe. Uh, I don't have any brothers, but you have brothers. You I can, do. You can it, of, it would take a lot. You would, take you, would, like that. Yeah. you would see that being absolutely true, wouldn't you? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And growing up, I can imagine being the brother of Jesus being so just... He, you know, the perfect brother, parents mm-hmm. like him the best secretly, and just hating that. Even if he doesn't do anything wrong, you're right. like, no way. Yes, way. Way. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, some good stuff. And so we're going to we're gonna unpack all that uh, here yeah. in a little bit. We'll talk about some highlights that we had and, uh, and get some questions later on. Yep, we'll be back. We are back. We are going to discuss the reading from this week. We are excited. highlighting things that stuck out to us in the reading, yeah. and um, and there are some uh, pretty cool things actually that mm. came out of the reading this week. I was um, convicted and uh, amazed at the things that God says in His Word this week. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I'm almost I'm 90% confident that I started last week. And yeah, I so, think you're right. So I'm going to let you um, okay. let you kick us off. Okay, okay, okay. So. Um, I'm going to, I usually start, I usually try to go in order because usually we read, you know, the Old Testament, like narrative book. Uh, so then we, then we do Psalms, Proverbs, and then New Testament. I'm going to start us off in Psalms and then maybe jump back later um, when you ping it back. But Psalm 65 is where I kind of I spent a lot of time. You what? I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you went first. Okay, okay, I good. I would have stole your thunder. You would have stole my thunder, and you've, you, you're easier to... Let's uh, see if you did. Did you write down the verses? Because I wrote them. I got the whole chapter. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole chapter. Okay, go I will pull out little bits, but <laughs> I was just struck with how many call signs there are to Christ in mm. Psalm 65. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna list the ones that I found um, just from verse 2. I mean, really verse 1, but verse 2 on, um, you've got... Um, iniquities overwhelm me. Only you can atone for our rebellions. It's clearly Jesus um, in the garden and on the cross. Um, Awe-inspiring works in verse 5 about the miracles that he did and does. Uh, Verse 6, you establish the mountains by your power, robed with strength. You silence the roar of the seas. As we got the crucifixion and calmed the calmed waves. Uh, you visit the earth and water it abundantly. Jesus is like the living water that he visits the earth and suddenly there's water, living water on the earth. Like that's cool. Um, in uh, verse 12 and 13, the wilderness pastures overflow and the hills are robed with joy. The pastures are clothed, clothed with flocks. I mean, this is this is just a picture of the advent when the angels come and see the shepherds. And there's there's so much prophecy that we overlook in the Psalms. Jesus um, and and the New Testament writers call back to several of the Psalms, which um, which contain prophecy of Jesus's um, Jesus's ministry on Earth, which is cool. Um, so so we uh, yeah so we uh, we see all this these things that I don't know if um, the writer of this psalm who was uh, yeah I don't know if David knew that he was calling forward to Christ I don't know if the spirit was overtaking him during this time and he was aware of his prophecy but Jesus's life just 
I mean, this picture of them on the hillside and the angels come and the pastures overflow and the hills robed with joy um, and flock. Like just the verbiage is is almost like it happened after mm. the advent, but it was so many years before. Um, so um, just the call signs to Christ in this in this chapter is really what stuck out to me. Um, and that's where I leave it. Oh, yeah, it was. I, I'm going to. I'm going to leave it at that because it was an amazing psalm, and I did reference it in my journal. But uh, but absolutely, I think you said um, you hit the highlights. You hit the high points okay, okay, of what okay. I was going to say. So. I'd, be, I'd be interested to hear your uh, your low points. I will. Um, I'll be <laughs> honest. <laughs> well, maybe after after the podcast <laughs> in the in the deleted scenes, we will uh, we'll include my low points. <laughs> um, the um, uh, I, I wanted to. I'm jumping ahead too, but this is John chapter. I'm actually just. Mm. It's in the sequence of the reading, but yeah, yeah. Uh, John chapter five, verses twenty-eight through thirty. He says, "Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own." I do not see my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Um, I just I just wrote down um, Jesus not only claims to bring the spiritually dead back to life, he says he will resurrect our physical bodies. This is such a such a powerful passage here, and um, and he says those who have been saved by his grace and filled with the Spirit will bear the fruits of righteousness. So we are not saved because we are good; we are good because we have been saved. Mm. And um, the idea, I, you know, I and I wrote down this little comment. I toy with the idea that Jesus proclaimed the gospel to the spirits waiting in the place of the dead, giving mm. them the opportunity to submit to them as king. It's like in First Peter chapter three, that is such a. Um, it's just one of those things that I can't. I, I you know, I read commentary after commentary yeah. after commentary, and it's like I can't get in my head. Uh, this it's that Old Testament transition of what happens to people how do, how does that get reconciled all the people who came before Christ you know who lived and died yeah. uh, that uh, and I know some people can easily just compartmentalize that and say well this is how this works and they get it all neatly sewn up but uh, there's this when he says things like this it at least makes me pause and go well maybe maybe there is something to that he is um, that he uh, that he has this moment where he goes to the people in the Old Testament and yeah. uh, the, the spirits that have already gone before yeah. and gives an opportunity to reconcile or whatever through Christ. I uh, I know that we are all I know that we are all saved through Christ and uh, and through His sacrifice. I I, I know there's some. Um, and this would be probably a little controversial, but I'm trying to get hey, more people listen to the podcast. this is dangerous waters. I'm trying to get more people listen to the podcast so Spotify will contact us and offer us. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you have, for instance, um, you have uh, people who are what we call dispensational. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not dispensational. I'll just throw it out there. But the I know that a lot of people uh, like to hold to a, a neat package of when Jesus comes again, that there'll be another way that people get to be saved after the rapture of mm. the church. And I just, I just, I struggle with that. Sure. I don't see that given to us anywhere in scripture that Jesus, I believe Jesus is the way and, uh, and through the gospel that we have. So 
there is I, and there is some mechanism. I don't know what it is that God is going to look at and say, okay, what about Moses? How is Moses reconciled through Christ? Yeah, uh, Moses, I think, is fairly easy because he was there actually with Jesus at the <laughs> Transfiguration. But uh, but even even so, all Joshua and, mm-hmm. and it's all the all the people of faith. But just you just take run the mill families who are putting their faith in God who do not know Jesus Christ, do not, do not have that revelation, but still are faithful, yeah. and yet God counts them faithful. But what is where is that moment of specifically that special revelation through Jesus Christ in which they put their faith in him and are mm-hmm. saved? Um, so anyway, I, I, maybe, yeah. this, maybe this alludes to that a little bit. I love that you say that because I think so often we try to wrap everything that is in the Word in this neat little box Packageable in a 30-minute sermon, and say, "Here you go. You can feed off this for a week." Right. And but there, there's so much in here that's just not like that. Right. There's so much we don't understand, and and the best we can do is think about it. And I think maybe that's the point. Maybe that's yeah. why we have such hard, thick, deep things yeah. that are beyond us. It's like he says it, and it's almost like he's saying it, going, "Yeah, no, you're not. Gonna yeah, you're not going to get. This. You're not going to get this. <laughs> but I'm saying it just to say, just to show you, there are things you don't yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> I get. I got more." I got more behind here yeah. than you know about, and uh, well, that's what scripture is about, right? You're supposed to meditate on it. You're yeah. supposed to chew on it for a long period of time, yeah. and if that's where your head's at, you're in a good place. Yeah, <laughs> and you, know, and that is part of that childlike faith. You know, mm-hmm. it is. There's so many things in life that are like that. You look at and you think, I don't have all the answers to that, but I love thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I love pondering. I, and I think that's why I love C.S. Lewis and his writings, mm-hmm. is because he is that kind of person yeah. who just ponders, what if? You know, what, yeah. wonder what goes on out in, in space and. Yeah. and Different oh, things and different man. worlds and so forth. And, I love C.S. Lewis, and uh, and I love people who let their minds go to places that we a lot of times we just don't allow our minds to go there. Yeah, They're afraid of what we'll discover, and I don't think you have to ever be afraid. I yeah. think you can. I think God's absolutely God is big enough to handle <laughs> into yeah. my imagination anyway. So, but anyway, that's a that was just a cool reference there. Yeah, John chapter five. That is cool. My family and I have been meeting um, on Zoom for the last couple weekends and just talking about. Just stuff, just like the harder things in Mm. scripture. And we're not, you know, these super theologian people. We have some people with some theology degrees, but for the most part, we're just reading it and trying to parcel it together and just really talking about some of the the nitty gritty stuff. And we don't always come to the same conclusions on things, but I think those conversations keep us in the right mindset. And I always, I always, even in my own journal, I'll write down. A word, just in case somebody reads it after I'm gone or something. What kind of crazy thinking (laughs) did he have? I always write down something like, I cannot substantiate any of this. (laughs) So I probably would hold to a safer interpretation if pressed or somebody asked me. But uh, but these are just places my mind goes sometimes when I'm looking at it. For sure. That's cool. Uh, My next thing is in 2 Samuel. Um, and the Dave and Bathsheba part, there's so much application there. And I think it's been, been, um, really well covered by a lot of people and you may have mm-hmm. notes on it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll let that go for right now, but the Absalom part mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on, um, David, for those, if, if you've been doing the reading, this will sound familiar. If you haven't, this may still sound familiar. I don't know, but David's son, um, basically revolts and takes over the throne for a while. Yep. And there's this battle where David has to go to war against his son. And maybe some of you with teenagers might feel that way <laughs> at times, but this is legitimate. I mean, 20,000 people die in like an afternoon yeah. in this. So this is crazy. And, um, then it comes to an end and David wins and Absalom, um, is riding through the forest and gets his neck caught in a mm-hmm. branch and it, gets hung you know yeah. he hangs himself on accident and um 
this happens. I don't. I'm just gonna stop there because there used to be this um, that his locks of hair got caught, yeah, up, tangled yeah, yeah. up in the branches, and I've just remembered there was a picture I had in you some, had a picture in of a Bible story. You have the book. weirdest stuff. Yes, in a Bible story book where he's hanging with all this hair tangled up in the branches or whatever. Oh, they man. didn't show the part that came after that, but it was just one of those. It's a mental image I can't ever get. I don't know why you put that in a children's Bible story book, but <laughs> uh, but anyway, go ahead. Oh man. Um, so, so this guy, um, you know, Joab, and um, this this soldier, the soldier tells Joab, the David's general, about what happened, and Joab's like, "Why didn't you kill him when you saw him hanging there?" And the guy, if you've been doing the reading, you've seen how many times David has. <laughs> Acted aggressively against people yes. who kill. He kills them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah twice, twice. He, he, that's happened multiple times. And he said, and Joab t- says, "Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten pieces of silver and a belt for that, <laughs> and to do that." And the man said to Joab, "Look, if you had given me a thousand pieces of silver, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done that because I would have gotten back to David. <laughs> I'd be dead." Exactly. Um, right. So I can imagine that scene. I thought it was pretty funny. Probably yeah. wasn't meant to be funny. I'm just a little <laughs> twisted. But my main thing was when David. David's response when he heard that his um, enemy had died. And it's always the same with David. He's so consistent. And I think he mirrors God's heart in this way, is that um, he said, um, I wrote down, when it all ends and we win our battle, will we mourn the loss of our foe? Uh, would we, will we skip the pride in our victory and, um, and echo David by saying, if only it was me that had lost, if only it was me mm. that had died. Mm. And, and instead of um, just saying, oh, too bad, God actually instead injected himself and says, it is me. It is going to be me. I don't want my enemy to die. I want, right. I will die instead wow. of my enemy. And, and that just struck me like, man, I don't, when I have enemies in what I'm doing, when I have people that are standing against what I'm doing or making my life difficult or frustrating, then I, I don't always, I don't really ever, you know, to be honest and transparent, I don't often say, I, I wish that I would lose instead of them. Yeah. I, I wish that um, this didn't have to happen this way. Yeah. I'm usually caught up in my own feelings on stuff or caught up in my own But it could be different stuff. with your children. It could this be. Is, oh, for son. sure. This yeah. is his son. This yeah. is his son. But even more, even more so. Yeah. I mean, his his son had hurt him so yeah. bad yeah. Um, and had, had done everything he didn't want to. But it just even goes further to show the mirror of God and David, Christ and David. Um, so anyway. Yeah. I um I you know this is the you you alluded to this but where Joab but Joab this is a this is a breaking moment um and Joab is so angry at David after all this is over mm. because Joab is the one who kills him and then David is lamenting Joab is the only person the only person who can go and commit this act and David do nothing in response there yeah. is the 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 power nature of Joab is terrifying mm. because you have David who's a very confident person a very skilled warrior and all these <laughs> different things but when it comes to Joab Joab defies him over and over mm. again and he and it's like David's like okay we'll just let that go <laughs> we'll just move on Whoa. okay Joab did that okay all right I hate that I'm really mad I'm really angry but we're gonna let it slide and this time Joab comes to him and says you know you are you it looks like you love your enemy and you hate your friends mm. and he, and it's basically he looks at him and goes if you don't get up out of there and go talk to the people and you know and wipe your face off or whatever and and do something and rally the people he said I'm gonna get everybody and we're all gonna leave mm. we're gonna leave you tonight this is it your kingdom ends right now wow that's a that's a pretty heavy-handed threat yeah and later, 
next week <laughs> we're going to spoiler discover, alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, I think it. I think it's the reason why he eventually defects. Mm. I think the next time he has an opportunity to leave David, he does. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just basically. I think this. I see. I think you see the end of it crumbling here. Doesn't bode well for Joab. And this is the thing that is crazy: is that God, even when David takes this line of humility because you're like why aren't you defending yourself and david even was he was very like you say he's very consistent mm-hmm. with saul he was the same way yeah it's like i didn't get this kingdom on my own god gave it to me and so i'm just going to trust that god will give it to me i'm not going to kill my son to get my kingdom back i'm just going to um i'm going to just be faithful mm. and um and joab is like no nah, it's not how this is done big guy <laughs> we're gonna make this happen and uh, and and then reaps reaps that himself but uh, and is harsh but there it's kind of like that uh, he's kind of like the the apostle peter you know in in the if we're making a parallel between david and christ mm. and so forth but but he is that brash i'm just going to i act and think later um but anyway it's yeah. harsh it's wow. a, it's, it's, a, this is, it's a rough this is a rough segment yeah and joab is a rough person to get around because he does assassinate multiple people uh, David's like, no, nope, don't kill him, don't bother him, and Joab will go up. I'm gonna kill him, and he kills mm-hmm. him anyway. And uh, and this time he does it with the king's son, and it's like, uh, it's it's rough, rough, rough terrain. I'm also gonna share something uh, from Second Samuel 13. Cool. About uh, going back a little bit uh, before Absalom rebels, uh, he has a moment with his brother Amnon. Mm. Um, which really begins this whole process of Absalom usurping his throne. It's a very unpleasant story. <laughs> just uh, just to throw that out there uh, before I get into it. But it says in 2 Samuel 13, 6 and 7, it says, Then Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight that I may eat from her hands. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. Now, what's getting ready to unfold, one of the ugliest scenes in Scripture, you have Amnon who takes advantage of his sister and rapes her. And uh, and that's Absalom's going to get angry and then kill his brother as a result of it. And then Absalom is shunned, banned from the kingdom. David takes the side, I mean, is upset mm-hmm. of the brother who did this to his daughter, you know, and then Absalom doesn't understand, and and then Absalom, David's laments, you know, yeah. the whatever. So this is this is all a result of David's sin against Bathsheba. God says, or Nathan, the prophet, comes and tells him, uh, "You're going to deal with this. The sword is never going to depart from your house yeah. because you brought this bloodshed in." But one of the things that strikes me in all of it, in every one of these scenes after Bathsheba, is the naivete that David has with his own family. And just this, I am not really paying attention to what's going on. And Amnon comes and is talking, and it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, and, and it's kind of like, man, you need to have a better understanding of what is running through the minds of your children. It's like, mm. are you not... Are you that oblivious to what's going on in your house that you are facilitating these things? And and you see that yeah. in our it's something I see in my own life sometimes. I, I've there have been moments of naivete, but I'm not saying that I judge a lot of other people, but I do see it. Uh, I hope that we God has been gracious enough to make us more active in our parenting and you know and, and paying attention to our children. But I do know a lot of parents that do not pay attention, and I think it is because of their own grief over their own sin mm. that they now 
do not pay attention to the sins of their children. Mm-hmm. And and that's such a, a very dangerous place. Our our love for our children, our discipline for our children needs to be born out of our relationship with Christ, not out of what we did or, you know, it's like I did that when I was a kid. It doesn't matter what you did with your you've hopefully right. you've repented of that, yeah. been forgiven by God. Now discipline your children based on God's standards, not your own. Um, and uh, David David gets lost in this and the sin the sin factor is huge. Mm. And so so anyway, that do you was think just, do you think that was maybe his naivete and and just aloofness was do you think he just thought, you know, I'm king. You know, I got a bigger fish to fry than absolutely, my family. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, but I think it, I think that thinking is what got him in trouble with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm sure. king and I can do what I want. Right. And he started, and and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, Nathan comes to him and is basically like, "Do you know who you are? Yeah. Do you know that?" And but I still think I, then I think it resonates in his yeah. in his rearing up his children. But just with us, like, do, don't I mean, don't we get so to this point where we're we think we're either above it? above you know we have too much going on to deal with family too yeah. much going on to to shore up what we've got at home or maybe we're like untouchable I mean, well pastors pastors are are prey to that i think because we start thinking that the ministry we're in is so important mm. and the trivial needs of our family or what seem trivial to us are far outweighed by the greater heavier weight heavier matters of ministry that we are involved in it's like i'm changing the world souls hang in the balance Mm. because of what i do and here you've got (laughs) this whatever issue with your baseball or you know or homework you know and 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 this is and so where does that or you know you're having troubles with this at home talking about your wife or whatever and and we lose sight that it is we cannot manage our home I, you know, I remember a pastor told me one time. He said David couldn't serve as a deacon in our churches today, <laughs> and and it's right. This yeah. the since Christ has come, and now we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have um, the um, presence of God in our lives in the age in which we live. Uh, the bar should be higher. It should be a greater expectation because we have the, the body of Christ to surround us with accountability. We are, Jesus comes and we've had the model of Jesus given to us. And so there should be a higher expectation than what we would have for David even. But um, but it is a, a solemn reminder of the corruption of power mm. and, uh, and and on any level. I think, yeah. I think it's – we all – you know, it is funny how you, I look at people and think, well, they think they're so important – but uh, nobody knows who you are on any level or scale. Um, and I thought about that, you know, and we talk about that all the time, about how uh, we think about a pastor who is so, so important. You know, we, you take the pastor who's the most popular preacher that you know, and you think of how well-known he is and how thousands of people buy their books or whatever. You go into the world, nobody knows who that person is. <laughs> Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything to anybody. Uh, you know, there's very few people in the world who everybody knows yeah. and who everybody pays attention to. Uh, so when you get down to our level in our world, secular, Christian, doesn't matter. We're not that important. Right. <laughs> and in the greater <laughs> scheme of things, I mean, what we have was Donald Trump, our 45th president. And you ask your children, name them. Yeah. <laughs> name the presidents. Name 10. These were guys who were the president of the United States, and they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. So you know, just a few generations removed, and people don't remember who anybody is. Um, and uh, and so it's, it's always – so that's why our families are so important. Yeah. And uh, anyway, good stuff.
Just a reminder. That's good. Do you have something else? Are you ready to take a break? I'm ready to take a break. Okay, let's let's do some questions. Cool. So we'll be right back. Here we are in our question and answer segment where bum, 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 bum. the Bible asks the questions and we scratch our heads. <laughs> That's right. What is the answer to this question? We didn't get a lot of questions this time. We didn't. If you are listening to the podcast, read ahead. Yeah. Read ahead in the Bible. Yeah. Just get to the Bible. You heard what we were talking about today. Read ahead. You can look. You can ask a question about today's podcast. Yeah. But send us a question. We love – it gets us thinking. When people ask questions – that gets us thinking about things we didn't see, or you see something we didn't see. Like mm-hmm. I said, you can send us an observation. It just makes us feel like people care. Like people care about us. Like they they want to hear not what about we us. have to say. It's not about us, Daniel. No, no, no. It makes us believe people care about the Word of the God. The Word of God. That's right. Yeah, I don't want right. to make this personal. <laughs> I know. I'm, 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 I put myself to sleep at night believing people care about me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I put myself to sleep at night listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not going to – I'm not going there. <laughs> that could be more true than you know. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so anyway, there was one question that really is for next week, but what it does deal with Mephibosheth, and the question was the, – uh, granted, the person who asked the question also answered their own question because they yeah, actually read yeah, they what did, it said. They did read it. They figured it out. But uh, but Mephibosheth is a – basically, Jesus oh, – Jesus. <laughs> David makes a <laughs> – Jesus, through David, um, makes a covenant with the house of Jonathan – uh, to and understand, David didn't want to kill anybody in the house of Saul, but he makes a covenant with Jonathan uh, to protect his children, and so he invites. Uh, he, they're all dead. A lot of them have already been killed because of wars that have been taking place. People thinking they were helping David out by killing his enemies, and found out quickly. That wasn't true. <laughs> David had them executed because they took out Saul's family, and he was the Lord's anointed. Uh, but Mephibosheth was one that was not uh, killed, and so uh, Jesus again. Oh, oh, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, accurate. But uh, David invited Mephibosheth to his table and got to stay there. Uh, when Absalom uh, took over. Uh, he was betrayed. Mephibosheth said, "My servant lied to you and made you think I was betraying you, but he said, but he didn't shave and he didn't cut his hair and and he and he was just all grieved because he said, no, he just left me mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, made it sound like I was not going to go with you, but uh, I've been faithful to you the whole time. I was never going to abandon you uh, because he's so grateful for the for the." The honor they showed. Well, later next week, if you want, just a spoiler alert, because I'm telling you what's getting ready to happen in we the reading. We need a little buzzer for spoiler alerts. Yeah, that's right. we do as well. So if you're, so if you're still, if you don't want to know what's going to come up in the reading this week, if you want to be surprised, then cover your ears or skip turn forward. down the sound for, yeah. you know, skip forward for the next 30 seconds. But, um, but David, in order to, and we are going to talk about this next week because it is weird. <laughs> the Gibeonites want satisfaction from David because of Saul breaking this covenant agreement between the people of Israel. And they ask for seven members of the house of Saul to be killed for Saul's sin. Now, this is completely not in line with the law. <laughs> and I, and it's one of those you look at and go, what in the world? that?" And it makes it... Like God is, you know, it's really hard to yeah. gauge here. I'm, I mean, it doesn't fit. But uh, anyway, what happens is he asked, why did David, did David have Mephibosheth killed? Because Mephibosheth is listed as one of the people that died. And the truth is, is that no, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth is the name of two people. 
Mephibosheth. Real common name in the Old Testament. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Phibi, uh, <laughs> as we like to call him. Uh, now, Mephibosheth is a son of Saul, and there is another Mephibosheth that is a son of Jonathan. And the son of Jonathan is the one that remains true. And so it says in the text, this was the so-and-so's other son, one of Saul's daughter's mm-hmm. sons. Uh, no, one of Saul's wives' sons. So another wife of Saul that had a son named Mephibosheth. And uh, so it's not the same one. So anyway, we'll, we'll cover that next week. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting story. One of the things, uh, it's not really a question of sorts, but a pondering thing. Something is, to chew is, on. Yeah, something to chew on is Ahithophel. Another he common is. name in the whole Testament. Another common name, yes. I almost named my son Ahithophel. Oh, wow. He's so That's wise. So yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> we named him David instead. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> David came out on top. If Absalom had won the battle, <laughs> probably a whole different We would have, would have a whole different here. outcome. That's right. I wouldn't have named him David. I wouldn't have named him Ahithophel. Uh, so thank goodness David won. The, um, so Ahithophel is like, they, the Bible says he's like an oracle. Basically, he's like the mouth of God. And so when he gave advice, you followed it. And Pause. He, is there like a question, a difference in the Bible between oracle and prophet? Uh, well, uh, yes, just the way it's referred to. I mean, it is uh, an oracle uh, was uh, the uh, was something that people thought about. Um, uh, just it's in the context of a culture. Mm-hmm. Oracles were believed to be a anything that. It could be a, a device or mm, something I that, you. like, like lots, the, like, or, like you cast lots yeah. or whatever that spoke the. Okay. Uh, wasn't well, uh, like a person necessarily, but it yeah. could be the voice of God. Yeah, ways that God communicated with people. Way you, ways you got. Okay. This. Okay. Of Sorry. course, in pagan cultures, it could be anything. Right. But uh, so it's kind of a little bleed over. Mm-hmm. We know it. Further revelation tells us that it was prophecies. Yeah, it was yeah, the prophet. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Rabbit hole. There you no, go. it's good. Uh, so anyway, uh, so this was a so. Ahithophel, Ahithophel had this type of advice. Now, the scripture doesn't say that he was ever wrong and, and gives him this, but he gives advice to Absalom and basically says, you've got David on the run. Let's pursue him. Wipe him out. He's weak. Now, he knows that that is absolutely the truth. But David has sent somebody who's part of his camp to also give advice, and, uh, and Absalom winds up taking that advice. And Ahithophel Goes home, puts it says he puts his affairs in order, and then he hangs himself. And basically, it's like um, he was smart enough to know God is against me in this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to go well for me. And ends. It's very similar to uh, Balaam in that uh, well, Balaam in, in a different way, but Balaam uh, can't give anything that's not God's word, mm. and yet. Um, Yet Balaam still fights with the wrong side, mm. which is weird. But um, it's funny how, like, how common that kind of thing is for people who carry God's word, and mm. it's like not a desired office at all, right? In the Old Testament, it's like it's a, almost a burden. It's a burden. Or, yeah, like I, I can't not do what yes. tell you what the truth Nobody is. Nobody takes it gladly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get into Jeremiah and places like that, yeah. you just you know, you just like he's like they're like. So what does the Lord say? It's like oh, you don't want to hear. It. In fact, it, in fact, there are times when they lie and they say <laughs> they say oh just whatever they said. You yeah, know, well, just go it. And they're like, no, don't you you tell me exactly the truth? And they're like, okay, you're gonna die. <laughs> it's bad. It's really yeah. really bad. <laughs> And like, I knew you would prophesy against me. It's like, yeah, yeah. then why'd you ask? Yeah, and yet, like, I mean, they like lay down naked for a year and a half. Oh, like, like Isaiah? Yeah, oh, yeah, doing weird things. Yeah, oh man, yeah, rough stuff. Yes, lay in the mud. Yep. And it's like, ugh. 
Okay. Anyway, we're on. We're down around another rabbit hole. Yeah. Then yeah, the yeah. rabbit hole. Um, then we also were looking at in John chapter. Uh, this is more just a question we have that we don't really have an answer for. Um, we could change the nature of podcast. We, we could. Uh, explain this to us. Explain this in. to us. Uh, <laughs> after this, Jesus traveled in Galilee since he did not want to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of shelters was near. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea so your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. And so here his brothers are saying, if you are who you say you are, then prove it. You know, just go and why why all this skulking around and obscure places doing things if it's so clear and so obvious. It's really hard to get our minds around how... Jesus would have, you know, when you're, you're in a town and you're doing these things and people are talking about the things that are happening in those places. I mean, but when you go to another town or you hear another town, I mean, think about it. If Even if today, I mean, in our world today, somebody said, hey, did you hear what happened in Perryville? You know, these dead people came back to life or something. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Sure that happened. Yeah, okay. And then you hear it from different people. And then there's this kind of tortured, huh. I mean, I... I remember hearing stories, it's not Perryville, but uh, <laughs> stories in China. I mean, I know a missionary story of two girls who were struck out in the cold, and her friend died in the cold, and she dragged her body to the next town, and they laid her on a table, and they prayed over her, and her friend came back to life. Hmm. Now, you hear that story, and you're like, whoa, that's empower- That's powerful. But that's since it happened in China, and I'm completely removed from it, I'm like, sure, sure whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but if it was in Perryville, it'd be like, uh, I don't know. If it was my own family saying it, it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, did you check and, the source? <laughs> exactly. Are you sure? Did you, did, did you Snopes that? Uh, the, and that's the way it is with Jesus. It's like you're hearing this, but they're like, somebody's blowing this out of proportion. Yeah, sure. You know, and it's like he didn't do it on cue. Mm-hmm. It's not like he said, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Uh, you know, it's not that kind of thing. It's like it happened. He doesn't deny that it happened. But he's not doing it again either. Mm-hmm. It happened in that context, in that purpose. And so you're here. And that's what everybody's like. They say, okay, I know you said you did this in another town. We'll do it here. And especially in his hometown. They were mm-hmm. like, yeah. okay, we heard about all this other stuff. You got now perform for us, Pony. You know, and <laughs> let's see your, let's see the dog and pony show. And he didn't do it. And he wouldn't. And so then they get mad. And, um, and so it was like, it had to be when God wanted to do it at that time. And so uh, that's a, and so his brothers are like, so make this public. But here's here's the thing. It said, Jesus told them, my time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I'm not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. So he said, I'm not going to do it. He said, you go on. And it says, after he had said these things, he stayed in Galilee. And then in verse 10, it says, after his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. And it's like, what? (laughs) It's like, you just said you weren't going, and then you go. Now, uh, all I get from it, I mean, all I can take away from it is what it says. And that is, uh, he is not doing it publicly. Because yeah. his time's on a hand, so he goes up secretly. Um, 
he um, and so um, he yeah I don't know. Well, my my Bible this is not the Bible I like read this passage in, right. but um, someone I grabbed before coming up to record this, but it says uh, I'm not going up to the festival yet. Right. Mine translates it too. Yeah. So that could could be. It does seem like though I've always read that passage and was like what? wait 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 wait. Scripture says it's impossible for God to lie. Scripture says Jesus is God. Jesus is lying. What? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, we know this, though. And And this is just the truth across the board. Whenever you come to a passage like this or whenever you see something like this, you always have to go back to the foundational things. We know he doesn't lie. We know there is no sin in him. We know there is no guile in him. So when we are interpreting those passages, we have to go with the stronger passages. This is not a clear um, in tra- translation or interpretation. Uh, so, yeah, I could bend either way, but you always bend it favorably. When it can bend, you bend it favorably toward the stronger passages. Mm-hmm. And there are many, 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 many strong passages that Jesus never sinned, nor did he speak any deception, that he is, in fact, truth. And so um, so basically he was saying, I'm not going to go up with you for the purpose you're asking me to do this. That doesn't mean I'm not going up, but I'm going to do it secretly on my own terms and so forth. And you don't need to know that information, so I'm not giving that information to you. Yeah. And the writer, obviously the Apostle John, wasn't writing this to show, ha, 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 look, <laughs> Jesus lied. <laughs> so that would we not be. We do that kind of thing a lot, like when he comes back to life. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we've done it three times now. <laughs> uh, when he comes back to life, he pretends like he's going to go on to another city, and his yep. disciples were like, hey, why don't you stay with us? And he like kind of makes pretend like he's going to do something else and that just must be part of god's character you know yeah. he, he may kind of test you to like see yeah. what you're going to do but he's not lying he's just right. a test is different from a, a, a lie correct yeah and it's not for the purpose of deception right it's for the purpose it's, of your betterment yes and and, and more revelation yeah mm-hmm. it is um yeah and so um yeah that that's again when you're when you're trying to figure those things out figure out things like that it is because you are um you have to always take into consideration what scripture says again those stronger texts mm-hmm. and say this is like for instance we all like we center everything around the resurrection of jesus christ and so that's why why do we believe that jesus's words are true how are they valid because he predicted his own death yeah. burial and resurrection and and so that gives credence to his word we have all these witnesses so that gives credence to the word so then what does jesus say he affirms the old testament he affirms the things that the apostles say he affirms the apostles as being able to speak the word of god and uh and so then it just builds on itself but you but whenever you question something you always go back to those foundational truths yeah. uh, and build off of that that's cool. So anyway, that's been good. I yeah. think that's um, it's wow. been a good day. Yeah, what a lot of stuff to think about. It and was a lot of stuff, and which again, we, we say this a lot. There's so much there. I hope that you'll go back and read read it if you didn't get a chance to read it, and uh, and if you haven't been reading along with us and you just want to jump in, there's no rule or law that says you have to start with Genesis one. In fact, I would I would at this point lobby against trying to catch up oh, with yeah. us because you really don't get to enjoy. Um, Enjoyed that. Um, um, oh, uh, yeah. 
and uh, and just a comment from Jeff was that yeah, uh, oh, I just saw that, uh, that he, he's making it clear he is doing things on the father's time schedule only. Very good point. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, pretty good word. And we'll end with that. Yep. So right. anyway, thank you all for coming. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. Email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways or you can call the church office at 573 243 8415 and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.